0: What's up, people? Another episode of Just for Sport. Jamoke Davis here with you. I hope you are doing well. Man, let me tell you. I know, I know. I was supposed to record uh, Just for Sport yesterday. And I just, man, I wanted to watch this Nets-Bucks game and talk a little bit about it. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna put out an episode on Friday and man, did that game deliver. I'm gonna talk about what it means to me in terms of the playoffs, the seeding, what I like in general about the NBA It's uh yeah. It 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 was a really, really talented game. One of the better games of the year. I'm also gonna talk a little bit about the a little bit of baseball. I did my fantasy draft the other day. Um I don't know about my team. I'm keeping an eye on some of the developments with injuries, trends, sleeper teams. I'm keeping an eye on that too. Because you know I like a long shot. You can't go wrong when you pick a long shot and it pays off, man, there is no better feeling. Then when you're like, I have that, I called that. So I'm looking forward to seeing what might happen with some of my picks. I'm also gonna talk a little bit about uh, Antonio Brown. And uh, in football, Bruce Arians stepping down. Was a big deal. And I'm curious. When did Brady know? But first, as I said, I'm going to start with the National Basketball Association. And man, I mean, yesterday's game. Between Giannis. And well, okay. first of all, let me be fair. Between the Bucks and the Nets. I mean, I'm sure I, I'm like, I'm hyping it too much. But that might have been the best game of the year. It might have been. You had on one side, you had Katie, you had Kyrie. I think that was his second game at home. So you had that going for him. The crowd was hype. And then you had on the other side, uh, an ejection with a hard foul a hard foul in the game in the fourth quarter that in my mind when I well, how do I want to say it? You know I've been saying that I don't necessarily want to get on the refs. But Chris Middleton was racing back in a very crucial game to stop Brown from scoring a layup. Now, Bruce Brown, in my mind, I thought the game was over then. I really did. The the Nets were on a a run that I thought it was going to be it. They quickly go up nine, and then I think they went up maybe 12, 11. And... I was not just amazed by the way that the Bucks came back and it was quick. It was quick. But also as I watched that game for anybody who doubted that the Milwaukee Bucks are not trying to repeat as champions, they gave you a message yesterday. That hey, we can, we can, you want to score? I mean, Giannis hit a three to tie it up to at the end of the game. I mean, he forced overtime and in overtime, the Bucks win 120 to 119. And not only that, but Giannis passed uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for career scoring leader. In the in a Milwaukee Bucks uniform, and I hope he gets to finish out his career with the Bucks. I love when a team gets to finish out their career with a team. Especially because I feel like it's so rare these days. It's really rare. But the other thing, now, granted, look, yes, they only won by one point. Jamoke, don't make it into a big deal, is what I wanted to say. But Giannis with 44 points, 14 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 block. He didn't get a lot out of Brooke Lopez or Chris Middleton. Drew Holiday had 19. He got some support from the bench. Then on the other side, Kevin Durant had 26. Bruce Brown at 23. Seth Curry, 16. Kyrie Irving, 25. what I saw in the Milwaukee Bucks and what the Nets couldn't do. And there was a tweet about it that somebody put out. I wasn't ready to declare it, but watching the game yesterday, Giannis is better than KD. All of the talk about how great KD is, I don't know. I don't see it. Because if I'm Budenholzer, you could almost put Giannis on KD defensively. He can stay with him. He's quick enough that he can't go by him. That's the one matchup. If I'm Brooklyn, I'm like, I don't, I don't want that game. I cannot have that game because that's where. That's to me, Brooklyn's one weakness. And actually, if you check, shout out to my colleagues and counterparts on the Props Network, NBA Exchange talked about on Wednesday. Like the Nets are small. Because you can't really play Andre Drummond. He doesn't, I don't think he fits with the offense because of how slow he is. I think realistically, the players you want on the court. You're going to end up at the end of the game. It's going to be Kyrie, Seth, Kevin, and probably like a mixture between Bruce Brown and Patty Mills. You just can't play that lineup. You're not going to win. You're just, I just, when I saw that game yesterday, and I felt like the reason why, yeah, the Nets went on a run. And I'm not saying that the the Bucks will blow them out of water. I mean, last year, went to seven games. Yeah, it's probably going to be the toughest series out there. But I feel like when you think about Philly versus the Nets, Joel B can't check Kai, uh, Kevin Durant. I think he's too quick. Tobias Harris can't check him. Matisse Thiebles, too short. And you know when Kevin hits a jump over somebody smaller and he pinches his fingers together like you're small. Well, you can't say that when you got the Greek freak guarding you. And he can, okay, yeah, let me not go too ridiculous and say he can shut down KD, but he can slow him down. He can contest shots a little bit more. And then... When Katie talks about them fingers he puts together and calls calls his uh, defender small, Katie, your whole team is small. Your entire roster is filled right now with small players, short players. And it's easier to defend them. You're not getting Ben 10 back. Ben Simmons doesn't look like he's going to be back till next season. And, of course, then I also think about, well, why did you trade for him? Did you not do the physical properly? I mean, my man's getting epidurals. Like, that's not good. And if they're hiding something, all of a sudden, ta-da! Ben Simmons is back for the playoffs. You know everybody's going to be like, whoa, whoa, what? What's going on here? But that game yesterday was just, it was great. It was great. And if that's a sign of things to come, then I'm all for it. Now, granted, it wasn't a Eastern or just strictly Western conference matchup. But the game that I feel like you didn't get to see that was great is Chicago Clippers. That was a really good game. I thought that the refs helped out helped out the Bulls at the end of that game. But I'm not going to go there. DeMar DeRozan with the 50-point game, and the Bulls come away with the win, and they need it. They really do need it. They have, they were, for a good amount of the season, the number one team in the NBA, and they have slid all the way back to the fifth spot. They may end up with the sixth spot, but you know what? Actually, if I'm the Bulls, I wouldn't mind losing and taking that sixth spot. Do you want to play Philly in the first round or you want to play Boston? And if I am, if I'm the Bulls, I feel like I'd rather play Boston. I think you match up better against Boston. They suffered a bad injury to, uh, what's his name? I think Patrick Williams. I hope I had his name right. Because I remember there's a Patrick Williams that also plays on the Bulls. Maybe I'm thinking of it wrong. But, like, that injury makes them, you know, they are they don't have as much length in the front court. That could play a role into the Celtics, who are playing very well. But they've lost two in a row. The Sixers are sliding. They've lost three in a row. And now it's a race between the Bucs and the Heat for that number one seed. And the Bucs they're closing in they're closing in it's going to be great to see the jockeying for position who wants to lose on purpose over the last few games where are we at 77 games got like 5 games left you got the nets hornets and hawks at all tied at uh 40 and 7 for their 30 excuse me 40 and 37 for their record So that spot for the 8th, ninth, and 10th seed, that's going to come down to the final game, as I said it would. The Cavs are two games up on the Nets, Hornets, and Hawks, so there's still time to catch them. They're 4-6 and in their last 10. They've lost two in a row. And then you've got the Bulls and Raptors separated by a half a game. You've got the Celtics and Sixers separated by a half a game, and the Bucks and Heat separated by a half a game in the Eastern Conference. All of these games to end the season are like playoff games. Every game matters. And I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And in the West, Suns, they have risen above the entire league. They are my favorite to win the NBA title if they stay healthy. But. We're the Grizzlies. They're no man's land, if you will. They're eight and a half back of the Suns. No chance of them catching the Suns. But they're also, you know, six games up on the Mavericks. So the Mavericks, I don't see them catching the Grizzlies. But the Mavericks and Warriors are tied at 48 and 29. So they're going to be jockeying for position. Two games behind them, the Jazz and Nuggets are tied at 46 and 31. They're going to be jockeying for position. I don't think the Timberwolves and Clippers are going to move that much. The Timberwolves are 3 games behind the Nuggets. The Clippers are 6 games behind the Timberwolves. They're probably locked in place. But then you've got the Pelicans, Spurs and Lakers right now. The Lakers are on the outside looking in. Spurs and Lakers have an identical record at 31 and 45 and that sounds, whoa, that's hard. That's awful to have to say. Then you got the Pelicans. Pelicans 2 games up on them at 33 and 43. If Anthony Davis comes back, you don't want to play the Lakers. Now, granted, I'm not going to say that makes them... That just makes them a better team. Let's not try to quantify how much better they are with Anthony Davis. But obviously, having Anthony Davis is much better than not having Anthony Davis. And you don't want to see the Lakers if they get Anthony Davis back for the playoffs. But if they don't... I mean, the Lakers have lost four in a row. They're 2-8 and eight in their last 10. They are old... They play old, and the reason I say that is because they're still NBA players, so they can hang with you. They can bang with you for like a half, but then by that middle of the third quarter, they gas. LeBron can't play anymore, which I did find an interesting thing out that I may touch on a little bit later. No, you know, I'm going to touch on it now. There was a crazy tweet that came out that this cat went to every single tweet for a win and loss for the Lakers, there wasn't one loss that included a picture of LeBron James. It was Russell Westbrook. Malik Monk was a picture used on almost all of the losses. Anthony Davis, you don't see his picture on the loss. That's clutch sports. For better or for worse, you take it for what you will. But to me, I feel like because LeBron James can't take credit for a loss. If they lose, like, oh, it ain't on me. That's not a team to me. I don't like that. Especially if I'm sure you can look back, and I wasn't going to do it because it took hours for this guy to do it. You look back, I'm sure there are losses that LeBron was like, yo, that's on me. I could have played better. But the fact that you told someone in the front office and that trickled down to the social media team, do not put my picture on a loss. And same for Anthony Davis, who are both clutch sports players. Nah, don't put us on losses. I don't like it. It shows you're not a team. You're for you. And your image is more important than the team's image. And the fact that on the wins is disproportionately high that whenever the Lakers win, LeBron James's picture on it is on it. Whenever the Lakers win, LeBron James and Anthony Davis have most of their pictures up there. But on the loss, which I'm going to check today, I should have checked before, but I'm doing a live check right now. Los Angeles Lakers Twitter. They lose the game. Who is the picture on there? Carmelo Anthony. Can't be putting LeBron James and Anthony Davis on a loss. It's not their fault. They only win games. I don't like it. I don't like it. But I do love playoff basketball. And I feel like we're there right now. I want to look at, oh, this is how the matchups are now, and what what do you want? No, nah, I'm good off of that. I'll let it be. I mean, I won't deny it. I want to see Brooklyn-Milwaukee in the first round. If you want to talk about the matchups, I would love to see. That's what I would love to see. Boston-Toronto, and I want to see Boston-Chicago because they both got You know, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum versus DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine. Those are good matchups that I want to see. On the west side, eh, I don't know if there's anything great. Again, when I was listening to the NBA Exchange, I was intrigued by them talking about Minnesota versus Memphis, two younger teams going at it. You know, I think for me, the next one I want to see is like Golden State against Memphis because I feel like that's... Steph Curry versus Ja, assuming Ja is healthy. He has not played in a while, but they keep continue to win. But, like, Dallas, Denver, all right. Utah feel like this is their last chance. You know, if they don't make it to the Western Conference Finals. Looking at the West Side, I just, no, I just, I feel like they're going to blow it up. I think Phoenix is so much better than every other team. And as much as I felt like I knew I was talking about, man, Golden State Warriors, wait till Draymond's back and James Wiseman, and now Steph Curry's hurt, who knows when he's going to come back. And by the way, I thought that I think diving for balls should be outlawed in the NBA. That was stupid. Marcus Smart may have cost Golden State Warriors their entire playoff hopes. Because Mr. Single-Triple, Draymond Green, who's the heart and soul of Golden State Warriors, he can yell all he wants, which I saw enough of that on Wednesday. and They still lost to Phoenix. I think he's more of a distraction of late. More of the yapping than he is actually, you know, he can talk the talk. But realistically, Draymond Green does not walk the walk. He's all right. But all he can do is yell and get in people's heads now. He can't put a team on his back. And technically, last season, and maybe I think even the season before that, he couldn't put them on his back then either. So really, all he has is talking, getting the team all fired up. Now, I know. I know I said watch out for Golden State if they're healthy. And they had a bad shooting night uh, in some ways against... The Suns, but so did Devin Booker. So that, to me, kind of evens out. I think they need, you know, some toughness inside. And James Wiseman was going to provide that. Now he can't. But Golden State versus Memphis, I'd like to see that. Golden State versus the Suns, how tight the game is. Assuming everybody's healthy would be nice. But that probably wouldn't happen until, you know, the semifinals, not the Western Conference Finals. But, uh, you know, we'll see. What we won't see anymore is Bruce Arians on the sideline. And I wonder. I wonder why. Why now? To me, it just doesn't make sense. It what doesn't make sense to me is how a head coach, who when you knew Tom Brady was coming back, I mean was retiring, you didn't say you know I'm gonna call I'm gonna call it quits too. Then Brady comes back and then you're like ah, I'm gonna retire because in my mind like well wait where's the speculation here was. Or, we, I'm, I'm sorry, not speculation, but more just like trying to figure out what happened here. Because I thought Tom Brady came back because of Bruce Arians too, right? And because of the players he liked on the team and the way the organization was run. And now he leaves? To me, and I know Bruce Arians was like, ah, it's nothing. I just, I'm just tired. And he's handed over the he's handed over the head coaching position to a former family member and Todd Bowles. So of course my dad will send me a text like, "Oh, we got to root for the Bucks, Todd Bowles." But I I don't know. It just seems so. It just so It's just so weird. I like it if it is really that Bruce Arians just wanted a chance for Todd Bowles to get an opportunity that you think about the number of minority head coaches that there are in the league that Bruce Arians was like, look, with my health issues, I'm good. I'm good. You know, let me be able to dictate What coach takes over for me? And that could have been Todd Bowles or Byron Leftwich, And now Todd Bowles will get to another shot at being a head coach. So I'm really happy about that. And in my mind, it's like, no, I'm not even really going to get into why. I don't need to speculate about that. It is what it is. He's no longer the coach. And now there's one more minority head coach in the National Football League. Now, now, I will not give the league overall credit for it. You can kind of give the team credit for it, yes. Um, but I give a lot of it to Bruce Arians. I give a lot of it to Bruce Arians, and that's really cool. And he was the only head coach that had a black offensive coordinator and a black defensive coordinator. And he's very much about, you know, giving minorities a chance, giving women a chance. And I'm happy about that. Now, another story in football that I'm like, uh, I know why you are not getting the love you feel. Antonio Brown is wondering why he's not getting a contract. Or the big contracts that he thinks he deserves? I mean, in my mind, like, well, I think you've got to show that you are healthy, one, physically healthy. But I also feel like mentally it's like, yeah, Antonio Brown dealt with a lot over the last probably two or three years. I mean, it's been downhill ever since I feel like he posted that video on social media. After the Steelers won. I can't remember what game it was. I don't think it was going to the Super Bowl. My bad. Because I don't remember it was. But I remember he was live uh, streaming in the locker room. As Coach Tomlin was giving a speech. I think it was right for the AFC Championship game. That's what I think it was. But to think that Antonio Brown is wondering why other wide receivers are getting big contracts. And he isn't. It's really because of. Just simply not stable. Running off the field with no shirt on, running through the end zone as the game is going on. You know, talking about how the team didn't protect you health-wise, which I'm not disputing that. I'm not disputing any of it in, in, in the injury But just like the way he went about of of saying that it wasn't his fault and that's why he did this and blah, blah, blah. Like, there's a professional way to handle it. And there's an unprofessional way to handle it. And unfortunately, too often, Antonio Brown falls in the unprofessional category. And that is really sad. It's really sad. Because... It's not getting any better. And if he wonders why all of these other players are getting big contracts. It's because of what they're doing on the field. On the playing field. Versus running through the end zone and on the sidelines. And all the other antics. That you unfortunately... Have to accept if you decide to sign an Antonio Brown. And that's not good. That really isn't good. Because I, I want him to I yeah, I want them to, you know, get that big deal too. But I don't see it. And I'm sure in many ways the other uh the other teams they don't see it either. Like, no, nah, I'm good. We'll be fine. We'll get that next receiver, and we'll be okay. And that's unfortunate for Antonio Brown because I'm sure, you know, as we all are day-to-day, well, not all of us, but a number of us are day-to-day financially and, you know, trying to make ends meet, and it's like, yo, I need a paycheck. And he's just not going to get that day-to-day paycheck. And so it goes. What else is going to be going is my fantasy baseball season. Yes, it's back. I'm excited baseball is back. They agreed on a deal. I don't know how good the deal was realistically, but you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. But my fantasy team, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, you know what? I've got Randy or Rosarena. I've got uh, Nolan Arenado. I've got Shohei Atani. I've got DJ LeMahieu. I mean, it's a pretty good team. We'll see how I do. I never really do that well in fantasy baseball. I just, I don't, and I need to figure out what I'm doing wrong that I just can't get there. But for some reason, uh, a lot of times I fall flat. Maybe, maybe this time I'll, I'll do better. That's my hope. Um, but. You know what I'm most happy about? I got my guy, Shohei Otani, as a pitcher and a batter. Now, what I don't like is that they made me take up two keeper positions. Two! I get five keepers, and Yahoo said I have to take two of my keeper spots for Shohei Otani, one as a batter, one as a pitcher. That makes no sense. He's one player. I mean, you maybe you would prove me wrong, but on an MLB roster, does Shohei Otani count as two people? I doubt it. Don't be hating on my team, my player. That's unfair. That is truly unfair. But you know what? He was worth it. So I said, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go on ahead and and use two spots for Shohei Otani. I think he's that good. If he stays healthy, he's going to be a beast. And I'm here for the beast. Now, uh, can they win the World Series? Uh, Probably not. Probably not. Dodgers are the favorite, as they should be. I mean, they've signed everybody. I mean, come on. How do you get Freddie Freeman, too? I think baseball's in trouble in that they need to have a cap. They need to have a floor and a ceiling because it's getting out of control. The Dodgers should not have a payroll of 270 plus million, not for like four or five years. This is for one season. Meanwhile, the three teams at the bottom, which the Orioles are one of them, have a payroll of like $35 million. That should not be the case. The MLB payroll disparity is out of control. I think it is destroying the integrity of baseball. There is no way a team should have a payroll north of 250 million, and then the teams at the bottom, they don't even pass the 50 million threshold. What are we running here? Granted, it is up to the owners to decide what they want to spend their money on, and that's a part of the problem too. The Dodgers are the favorite at 475. The Yankees are right behind them. They also have a, a payroll of near $250 million. They're the second, the favorites to win. And here's the thing. Just because you're the favorite to win doesn't mean you're going to win. So yeah, you can spend it as you see fit. I mean, not 100%, Apple. So Orange was really like, you buy a pair of white shoes. You walk right outside, you get a scuff on them. Dang, my white shoes are ruined. Well, the Dodgers have a couple of injuries. Season ruined. The Dodgers not winning the World Series unto itself could be season ruined. But to think that it is rare for a team that doesn't have a payroll north of $200 million won't win a World Series. Now I think you... Look at the Tampa Bay Rays is like, oh, but they're a blueprint for not having to spend that kind of money. And yet, I don't know how they win. They do win. And yet they do win. But they are still on a list of all the major league teams. They're the ninth best team with a chance to win the World Series. Because they've had to let so many of their players go that. We're on some championship runs. We're not We're not going to pay them. We're going to let them walk. I mean, it's kind of like, I bet some of these owners think they could do like the Florida Marlins, who did it twice. Build up your payroll, win a roll series, release everybody or trade everybody. And then, what was that, four years later, they did it again? I think it was four. But I, I don't know. I, I just don't think it's going to happen. I did put the Twins, and I probably could have put the Tigers as two of my sleepers. I'm like, let's see what happens. I don't know. I mean, even though I'm not a fan, obviously, you know my disdain for what happened in Houston. But when I saw the Twins sign Carlos Correa, I'm like, you know what? I mean, sometimes you got to have a long shot, a long shot that you don't know. I mean, technically, the Angels at plus 3,500, maybe Shoei Otani and Mike Trout and everybody, maybe they get it together this year. That is a possibility as well. Maybe. That's not a bad bet and that's considered a long shot too. But Major League Baseball's got to fix this. This is this is This is getting sick. As my grandmother and great-grandmother-in-law used to say uh really i stole it from my wife but whenever i say see something that's crazy that's what i tend to say now this is getting sick lastly as we've got the uh final four upon us upon us this is it I feel like there's no game better than North Carolina-Duke. And that's going to be great. As I check the lines again, we've got Villanova still as a a four-and-a-half point underdog against Kansas. I think Kansas will win that game. I think especially Villanova losing Justin Moore is, you know, they're going to be trying to figure out their team playing a number one seed. The highest ranking team left in the bracket. Yeah, they're tough. They got a great coach and Jay Wright. But on that other sideline and Bill Self, he's not a bad coach as well. And they got a stacked lineup. So I got Kansas winning that game. And I'll take the minus four and a half because I think Villanova's going to have a tough time. I really do. They made it this far. Maybe in some ways, at least behind closed doors, Jay Wright is saying, hey, guys, you should be proud of your season. And, you know, we're going to play our heart out. But inside, he knows, yeah, we don't have a shot. Justin Moore was too crucial to our success. But it's all good. We made it to the Final Four. On the other side, Duke, North Carolina. North Carolina is the underdog at plus four. I think you're going to get a dynamic matchup. I think this is a revenge game for Duke. I think they have the better talent on the court. On paper, if you will. but north carolina's no slouch and also when you think about hey look when when these two teams come together that that's that's a heavyweight bout right there that's a heavyweight bout and i hope we get two good games I hope we get a buzzer beater. I would love to see a buzzer beater. But I think this being, I think that the funny thing is, like I said, like how did, why it was staring us in the face, this is Duke's year. They will win the NCAA championship for Mike Sheshewski to go out with the bang. All the players will pick them up on their shoulders and parade them around the stadium. It would hurt Duke so much. And I know there's a lot of Duke haters and Duke lovers. And i am it's tough because I really have been a Duke hater for so, so long. But I want the ACC to win. I think Duke gives the ACC the best chance to beat Kansas. I do. But North Carolina is no slouch the fact that they made it here. They're really good. They are really good. And you know this will hurt more than anything to lose again to North Carolina. And I'm sure the Tar Heels players and fans know that too. I am going to take North Carolina at plus four because I do think this game will come down to the final basket. But I think Duke wins. Duke pulls it out. It's a story. It needs to be written. Mike Krzyzewski goes out on top. Or even if he loses in the final game, he made it back to the mountaintop. He made it back to the mountaintop. But I'm excited for college basketball this weekend. I'm excited to watch these NBA teams jockeying for these last few positions. Trying to decide, oh, who should we play? It's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm all in on basketball. I'm all in on this pod. That'll do it for Just for Sport. To the window! Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Ciao for now. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day right now we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the just for sport podcast all you have to do is sign up now and use the promo code j for sport and prize picks will match your first deposit up to 100 dollars yep That's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the PrizePix app today.